This is Driven By, a podcast where we explore the intersection between passion and purpose. Sitting down and having conversations with risk takers, change makers, builders, and entrepreneurs to find out what it is that drives them. I'm Kyle Ogilvie. I am the founder and principal of NKO, which is a consulting firm that specializes in data. Yes. And I am, I think, one of your guinea pig clients from early stages. That's for damn sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of the first. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting down here and having this conversation with you because I was so impressed uh, with how you were able to enable me and like kind of helping me find my voice and find my space for my passion and what now I believe is like my purpose in life. So I'm excited to share your story, but I think we have to like back it up and kind of talk about how are you so smart? Oh my God. How am I so smart? (laughs) That is the worst question. No, it is. um, So I like to think about integration as sort of being the secret sauce to a lot of stuff. It is not about necessarily um, how much intellectual horsepower you have, but how you can put the pieces together. And I think that has really served me throughout my entire career. And certainly when we started working together, Mm -hmm. because what we did together was not actually a lot of data stuff. Right. It was just putting a lot of technology pieces together and sort of enabling you to just like kind of jump off right into the yoga pandemic <laughs> pool. Well, a mini fitness businesses that started during the pandemic. Yeah. But I think what's interesting when you say what you just said is that I think like your brain probably works differently than the way other people's brains work in terms of how you think about a problem and how you find a solution because you have such a data driven, um, piece together analytical mindset. Do you agree with that? Kind of. Yes. I would say yes. Yes. (laughs) Let's, um, maybe share just a little bit about like how you ended up getting to the place where you are today, which like you have taken the ultimate risk. You've bet on yourself. You've started your own business. This is like a newish endeavor for you. I mean, 2021, basically you started even 2020, you started kind of like moving into the space where you were supporting your friends that had their own thought processes and ideas. And then just as recent, you actually like straight up quit your Mm -hmm. full-time job, which is like terrifying for people. So maybe like back it up and tell us a little bit about like what you were doing before, how you kind of got to the place where you are today, where you have the confidence to do something that a lot of other people just like can't. Yeah. I mean, it started in, I think May actually of 2020. So it was during the pandemic. Um, the really short cliff notes version of the story is that I was living in New York and I had moved to New York in February of 2020. Never forget. Very excited. Yeah. Go out on the town. The world is my oyster. And then the windows slam shut on yeah. New York pretty quickly. Um, so I had a lot of time to really like just kind of think I was living in this tiny bedroom in this four person apartment on the Upper West Side. It was a flex. So it wasn't a real bedroom. It didn't have a window. Um, It was very cave like. So I became a hermit fully. (laughs) And it just really made me reorient a lot of my immediate goals. Mm -hmm. So I had 
moved to New York with the idea of leaving my job in April. Okay. After I got there, after I got settled, um, I felt like I was really reaching the end of how I could effectively grow. How long had you been there? And we don't have to say where you were, but Um, unless you want to. Yeah, it was, I was at 2U um, for about seven years, all told. That's a long time. It was a long time. A lot of challenges, a lot of really great things. A lot of growth for that company, too. Yeah. A lot of growth, a lot of growth for myself. Yeah. I mean, like, you look at the person that went in and the person that came out, and it's just like, okay, well, this is very different. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was walking through Central Park when we were uh, sort of doing those things where we were like, you have to go outside and get sunshine because... You haven't seen a person in forever that you're allowed to talk to. Um, and I was walking through Central Park up near uh, one of the lakes. And I was just like, oh, my God, wait, I know what to call this. Mm-hmm. Because people kept saying, what are you going to do? What's the core of your company? And I just kept thinking about other people's ideas. Sure. And I was like, what I really want to do is I want to use this skill set to enable people to hit the next step mm-hmm. in what they want to do. Because I don't have a burning passion right now, but I do love helping people to yeah. get there. It wasn't like I wanted to like, you know, make like disposable underwear or something. Like some people are really jazzed about that. <laughs> disposable underwear disposable specifically. Underwear. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm jazzed about that. Not very good for the planet. Yeah. We spec'd it out. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... I didn't have my own core idea of what I wanted to do. So I decided that the best way to progress was to help other people. Sure. So my initials are KO and companies often have the company name and company. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. It can be and KO. Yeah. And then it's all about the collaboration and the partnership. And I started, um, sort of fleshing that out and thinking about how data can be used excellently and how it has been used excellently in the past that I've experienced. Sure. And of course the photo negative where it's like, it's been used really poorly yeah. and you don't really unlock the power. And it's all about bringing people into the conversation at the right time. Okay. It's very hard for people who don't work in tech and in data to look at tech and data and say, I know what I need. Yeah. I mean, most sole proprietors are focused on the things that they're innately good at, right? Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about how do you make sure that you're getting, uh, you know, the insights that you need in order for you to continue to grow or they're not understanding, you know, how all the pieces are kind of put together. I mean, even I know we talked about, you know, what you did for CP yoga in terms of my like website being more of just putting the pieces together. Essentially, you gave me the instructions that don't come with the Ikea furniture um, and helped me put something together that I could actually like sit on function (laughs) function with. Mm -hmm. But like if we had taken it a step further, if we wanted to take it a step further, it would be understanding my Google analytics, understanding how to get more impressions, understanding how to um, capitalize more intentionally on some of the the back end scheduling pieces or the the marketing collateral pieces or whatever the case may be it would be yeah. taking it essentially next level which 
is something that if it was my full-time thing, you and I would be sitting down and going like ham on. But for people that are coming into this space, they oftentimes just don't understand that. So they end up just buying all these various pieces and sort of getting the um, enabled reporting that they get. And and what you essentially would be able to do is to kind of aggregate all that into one place and and allow people to be empowered to make really, really intelligent business decisions. That's right. And one of the pieces of infrastructure I've been trying to cobble together is a super low cost version of all of the things that someone might need in order to get started with data. So there are tons and tons of very successful companies out there that bundle one part of a data stack. So like pulling the data out or analyzing the data or creating models if you are that advanced, but having a way to do that easily Mm -hmm. is not something that's particularly accessible. Sure. So taking all of these things and bundling them together underneath the NKO sort of like not brand, but like environment Mm -hmm. and saying, we can enable you to do X, Y, and Z, but you have to build a partnership with us to use all this stuff in the sense of like, we want to be with you every step of the way allows to allows for us to drive down cost and allows for people to use data much earlier, which is so important for businesses, like especially smaller businesses. Before we go any further, I'm really curious. I mean, again, I I think your brain works in a beautiful way, both professionally and personally. But <laughs> I um I'm really curious. When you were younger, what did you want to be when you like grew up? Oh my gosh, it was um roller coaster designer. Like okay. 100%. So you were like deep into the Sims life or whatever. Like, oh yeah. There was like a specific video game. I think where you would. Sim roller coaster, <laughs> roller coaster one, tycoon one through three. Yes, tycoon. That's the one I'm thinking of. It was great. Interesting. I had this like one video that I would rewatch all the time where like the lead designer from Arrow Dynamics would yeah. be like, and I bent this piece of wire around and I can see a roller coaster car going down here and up yeah. there and around. And I was like, this guy is just annoying as heck. And my mom was like, I thought he would be your hero because he designs roller coasters. And I was like, huh, maybe he is my hero. (laughs) Well, I mean, okay, I'm going to go ahead and say that, well, I don't foresee you building any roller coasters anytime soon. Not in the cards. If you think about that, though, like being a builder and being able to take pieces and putting them together to kind of create this like very intense ride, um, you know, that goes from start to finish and kind of has peaks and valleys and so forth. I mean, kind of doing that like mm-hmm. in your own way, it's just in a more <laughs> probably applicable way. Yeah. There's not a lot of roller coasters being built. I'm sure. I mean, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't There's... know. Backyard roller coasters probably for <laughs> the stupidly wealth. I really did wade into that for a little bit where yeah. I was like, what would it take for me to build a roller coaster in my backyard? And all of them look like death traps. <laughs> And I was like, maybe this is not a good idea. Oh my God. Okay. So you're in New York city. You are experiencing the, experiencing the pandemic in New York city. And you get to this point where you visualize and understand I'm going to start a business. And I love the business name. I, I don't think I really knew like the thought process that went behind that, but I love that, right? Like you're essentially saying it's two pieces of that become a whole, mm-hmm. you know, the business that you work with and yourselves as like a CP yoga and co, but mm-hmm. it's, I, I I love that. I love that. I didn't realize. So you get to this point where you start to take action on this. You start to work with some of your friends that have like branched off and started their own businesses. How do you, when, when do you realize like, 
all right, I'm in a comfortable place now to be able to say to you, goodbye to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't come with anything more clever, but. Um, I mean, I think a lot about the entrepreneurs that I know, which have built sort of like either service businesses or retail businesses sort of from the ground up. Yeah. And I feel like I kind of had it easy in a lot of ways where I am in a specific field in which I was able to sort of like test the waters on the side and really drum up some sort of like a safety net Mm -hmm. and then say to to you, okay, I'm going to take a bet on myself. So thanks for the memories, I guess. Um, (laughs) Thanks for the memories. Thanks for the experiences. And I decided to leave. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that there really was, I feel like this was best for me mm-hmm. in terms of growth. Like I felt like I was stagnating. Um, there was a lot of work to be done it to you, but it just wasn't the place for me anymore. Sure. You have to be motivated by what you go in to do every day. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that there were a couple things that happened during the pandemic that I got involved in. One of which was I have been involved with this organization called data kind for a long time, which is a data service organization. Essentially they pair data scientists and data people with nonprofits. I love that. It's really great. And we had this wild project, which was a partnership with national press foundation. So they were pairing data scientists with reporters and essentially telling the reporters like, here's a data scientist. You now have access to all of these skills that you may or may not have access to in your newsroom. Mm -hmm. And we were focusing on the paycheck protection plan data that a bunch of people sued the SBA to get dumped. It came out. The data was horrible. It was like messy. So all of the data scientists sort of collectively like built the data up, made it cleaner. And then the reporters were like, now we're going to start pulling stories out of it. Yeah. So I worked with a reporter who happened to weirdly live across the street. Like we were in a zoom and she was like, I live in Washington, DC. And I was like, interesting. Yeah. So backstory, Kyle came back to Washington, DC. Thank God. Yes, that's right. Thank God. It was. But yeah, that's crazy. So you're, you're on this like special project with this group, which is like such an important thing, by the way, that, um, nonprofit organizations have access to, uh, you know, people with specialized skills like this mm-hmm. because it does help them have more ability in what they're doing and yeah. be able to ha- have a bigger impact in like their mission. They have a lot of really cool, um, sort of like proofs of not proofs of concepts, but like a portfolio of stuff that they've done, which has been super impactful, which is very, very interesting. And specifically with respect to the PPP loans, we sent me and my reporter partner toiled away for a while and got to the point where we found a story about a related program for the pandemic aid. We published a story. It was about, um, New York and the Northeast and their farming industry versus sort of like the big row crop farmers in the middle of the country mm-hmm. and how aid was being distributed. It was very asymmetric. A lot of it was going to the big businesses as opposed to the smaller family farms in the Northeast. And it was just kind of like a, it felt very niche, but it also felt like a, something that had real impact. Yeah, Chuck Schumer took notice. A bunch of farmers reached out to, 
Emily, who's the reporter, and was sort of like, thank you so much for running this article. I didn't even know there was aid out there for us. And we were like, okay, this is amazing. So through that partnership, I started working with one of the facilitators of that partnership. And he was sort of like, I think that I want to talk to you about data architecture. And that was where my first project came from with his company. So he works for a philanthropy fund and he was like, I want to evolve our data architecture. So I was doing that on the side for a while. And then it got to the point in the summer of this is now 2021. Yeah. So like it's been some time and I was like, okay, I, I'm going to jump. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to do it. I think it's, um, it's a really scary thing for people to do when you have a steady income, you have a steady paycheck. Uh, and then to be able to say, okay, I'm going to take a bet on, uh, take a bet on myself. And I'm sure when you went to to you and you're like, Hey, listen, this is what I'm going to do. There's probably mixed emotions that come into yeah. that conversation. You have people wanting to see you be successful, but at the same time, um, you obviously not wanting you to go, especially in your yeah. position. Cause you were fairly tenured there. I guess what are the, like, I think we actually went out for drinks like right around the same time that you did this. So I actually know, I feel like I know the answer to this, this question, but like, what were you feeling? Um, I was feeling a lot of empowerment. Yeah. I'm going to be totally honest. Like I was scared, but I mentioned earlier that I was like, I felt like I kind of cheated because I essentially rode the rail until I got to the point where I felt comfortable doing it. Yeah. I mean, you had projects, you were like stepping into a space of being a, a, a having your own business mm-hmm. while also having business lined up for yourself in some right. capacity, which is a unique position to be in. But that's what happens when you're kind of catering to your quote unquote side hustle or your passion while you're also, you know, clock, punching a clock, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of entrepreneurs do. And I think I didn't even realize that until I got real deep into like how I built this with Guy Raz, which I'm obviously not him at all, but I am trying. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you sit there and you listen to like the lady that came up with Spanx and she was like out there grinding and then also like making Spanx. Like right. it's just, it's like crazy to me to think like these people are just like grinding that hard and then you do it yourself and you're like, Oh shit. And I mean, I'm not with what I do. I'm never going to be like, this is it. This is my full-time gig. It just doesn't feel natural to me, but for what you're doing, I mean, it's, it's, intense. Like it's intense work to be able to like sit with other people's like data and, and people's backend infrastructure and to be mm-hmm. able to like support it. So being able to rock an actual full-time job and do this part-time, that probably wouldn't be unsustainable for you. Yeah. I think more than anything else, there is an aspect of just temporal constraint. Yeah. Like I was very much trained in pivoting from like in all different jobs that I've had in my career. So I started as a neuroscience researcher, which is like, whoo, left turn. And then I (laughs) went to work in data in a political consulting firm. And after that, I went to you. And what was super common for all of those is that we were doing five or six things every single day. Yeah. Like I wasn't going in and sitting down and doing something. It was like people were coming in and they were like, Kyle, make me test groups. Or somebody was like, I have a meeting that I need to put on your calendar because this other thing is breaking. So you need to fix it. And I was like, what about these other six things we're fixing? (laughs) So context switching has been something I've tried to both protect the people that report to me for, uh, from yeah, because it's so mentally heavy, but also it is something that I have started to adapt to. Mm-hmm. So 
in the current business model that I have with like contact switching is really key. Yeah. But the thing that really got me was like, I just don't have enough time to switch contacts so many times a day. Right. You need to like sit in it for a little bit. And then when you start sitting in things for two hours at a time, it's like 10 PM. Yeah. And your roommate is like, why haven't we started watching a movie yet? <laughs> like, I have to do this. Oh. Um, so uh, you know, you're kind of alluding to like what is potentially like a challenge for you or was a challenge for you when you were kind of juggling all things, mm-hmm. um, stepping into the space that you're in today, which is being an entrepreneur and having your own business and, and having clients like under your wings. What, what has been the biggest challenge for you? Has it been time management? Has it been, what, what does it look like for you? Yeah. I mean, time management for sure. From the perspective of like, this is a, problem that I need to solve. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, kind of just solve the problem because you kind of know how to do it. (laughs) But I think like a much more relatable problem is like the one that I have to deal with all the time, which is just like this creeping imposter syndrome. And you can see it like throughout almost all of my career where it's like, I switched into so many different types of jobs. Sure. And specifically with data, like you're constantly looking at something new every day. Mm-hmm. So I had applied for a job on um, one of the presidential candidates for 2020. And I was like doing like this pre-interview on the phone and the woman who's wonderful was like, but you don't have any experience like cutting turf with like NGP or anything. And I was like, but I literally do this all the time where people are like, here's a bunch of data. Can you make sense of it? Right. So there's this aspect of getting comfortable with that uncomfortability of things and unfamiliarity, but also like there's a lot of worry that goes along with that. And I am kind of comfortable doing new things with data, but like, am I comfortable doing things ancillary in the tech space? Am I comfortable in being like, here's a project plan. I've never created a project plan before. Like all of that stuff has been the biggest mental burden. And I think that it is super understandable from the perspective of people are like, you're doing things that you're not comfortable with. Cause like you see people in careers, they're in the same career for a really long time. Yeah. And they're obviously very smart because they're doing something super, super specialized. And like, I think about this from like, sort of like the coming tech revolution for like people's jobs where it's like, we can train you to switch. And I think a lot of people are more comfortable doing what they know Mm -hmm. because it's hard to switch to something that you don't know how to do it once you're comfortable. Sure. But you know, there's obviously the saying like you, you find growth when you step into uncomfortable spaces. Absolutely. And you're constantly having to educate yourself on how the space continues to evolve and how you can continue to serve your client base. Mm -hmm. So curious for you to share kind of like what drives you, like what gets you excited? Like how do you, how do you stay focused? Yeah. Um, I like to focus on sort of progress forward and innovation. Okay. And I mean that in sort of like the, with a huge caveat, because I feel like a lot of people associate both progress and innovation with this idea of disruption. Sure. And especially in tech. Exactly. Especially in tech. Disruption is, you know, it's one of our favorite words. We're all out here disrupting everything. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like if you all are just disrupting everything, you're not. Right. It's the same. It just, it's just every day. Disruption is constant. Constant, which exactly. Might actually be Change true. is constant. So um I think disruption has a very negative side to it. Sure. There's a, a lot of really great things. Like I was thinking about this the other day and specifically when you have people who are bold enough to go in and say, I'm going to do something in a different way. Mm-hmm. People have been like disruption. That's great. <laughs> and it is. Yeah. But there's also this sort of value system that's been attached to it where it's like disrupt no matter what. Yeah. Like don't pay attention to the context. Don't pay attention to anyone in the field. Go in and fix it. And I think that there is a bit of externality that comes in with that. Mm -hmm. So I like to focus on the idea of both progress and innovation because progress, I think, has become the definition of progress has become more egalitarian in a lot of people's lexicons recently. Mm -hmm. And I like to think about that from my own business, but also like what we can do. Yeah. with this partnership to get these other businesses that are doing something very new right to the next step right so uh, again you mentioned that uh you kind of cheat i don't think you cheated by the way i think you were just lucky to have i mean we're lucky to know people that are willing to take chances like in spaces like this and mm-hmm. you know again i think covid is like i'm gonna say this probably in every interview i i conduct but like I feel like COVID just gave us all space to just like be with our thoughts and be with our spaces and like take risks on ourselves yeah. and like provide services. Like we, we all are creative in our own way. We all like got to retap into our imaginations. So yeah, naturally there were people that started businesses and I don't think that you cheated because you were able to support and help those people. Um, but I think it speaks to something I heard you say earlier, which is that you just really enjoy helping people. You really mm-hmm. enjoy, um, bringing your skill set into a space that can enable people to be more successful for themselves. So I hear you saying that you're driven by innovation. I hear you saying that you, you find value in supporting people, um, in terms of how you think about like what you're passionate about and ultimately, um, you know, how it's helping you potentially, unveil your purpose in life. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like, you know, is the passion helping people and then the purpose being able to like drive progress and innovation through those spaces or what does that feel like for you? I think it's a little, um, to sort of, you know, take the little rosy sheen off myself a little bit. I don't think that it's just helping people. I think that there's a definitive sort of self-interested part of this, which is like, I like to focus on tough problems that I really like that I have allies to help me solve. And I think that goes hand in hand with helping people. There's certainly an aspect of focusing on a wider portfolio Mm -hmm. because I've been doing marketing data for so long and marketing data everybody knows it. It's like, Oh, we're going to get ads because I spoke near my phone. Like that's all data driven stuff. Yeah. And I was so eager to get away from that and really do something that was closer to people in the real world where Mm -hmm. it was like, I'm going to enable people to do something they haven't done before, but I'm also relatively obsessed with systems from a large perspective. And you can kind of like, slice this in a lot of different ways, but like technology systems and how they interact with business systems is something that's really interesting to me. 
in the same way technology systems, how they interact with like real world logistics is sure. like something, the supply chain crisis has been fascinating to me. Just absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it continues. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gonna get worse. So you'll have plenty to be fascinated by. <laughs> Can't wait to read more about it. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm curious as you're in this space where I feel like you're seemingly very comfortable right now. I mean, I don't know if there's like fear on the inside that this doesn't work out or almost every day. Okay. (laughs) But I guess the question I would have is like one piece of advice that you would give somebody that might be second guessing, taking a chance on themselves or maybe kind of continuing to push that business plan aside because they're, they're worried that it won't pay dividends. Yeah. I mean, all intents and purposes, like, you know, you live in a nice spot in DC, you got a roommate, no problem. You've got, I mean, you, you, you are in a good position, right? Yeah, we don't have enough plants. Not enough, plants in, this, recently. Not enough plants in this space, but great natural light. <laughs> um, so I don't want to say the cliche sort of like, just do it. <laughs> Why not? Nike does it all the time. Right. Exactly. The entire slogan. Um, <laughs> I think that a more practical way to think about it for people who are not just doing it probably because they have reasons yeah, is to think about what will change and think about what will change in the near future. So I didn't pull the trigger until I was like, I want to be comfortable enough with doing this that I can commit myself fully to it. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're hesitating because you're concerned it won't work out or you're hesitating because you're not sure if you want to take a bet on yourself, you really need to think about whether that will change Mm -hmm. with time or if you are just putting something off. Yeah. And I think that with my particular business launch, what I was waiting for was a couple pieces to slot into place from like a logistics perspective, from a business development perspective, from a sort of like safety net perspective. I was like, I need to get to this point in order for me to feel comfortable jumping. Sure. And I think if you break some of those decisions down into more granular parts like that, it may give you a pointer as to what's really holding you back. Mm -hmm. And if it ends up that this is great being on an ambulance route, it's DC. (laughs) If it ends up that you're just not super confident in yourself. Yeah. um, I think that like you should talk about that to your friends because one of the things that I did, which this is one of the best compliments I have ever gotten in my entire life. I was talking to a friend of mine about what I wanted to do and sort of how I was working on it. And she said, I think a lot of people right now are figuring out what they're going to do when the pandemic is over Yeah, and you're figuring out what you want to do right now. And I think that's really great. And I said, I was not prepared for that (laughs) to write that down in my journal and internalize it a little bit. I think um, that's such an important point, and I mean everything you just said was 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 valid and important, especially the ambulance route. It is tough being in DC and living in one. Um, but what you just called out about trusting your network or trusting your friends to share your ideas and share things that you are carrying with you is so important. I know I would not have like decided to put myself out there if I hadn't had conversations with friends. And I think so oftentimes people just sit on their ideas and they don't know how to communicate them. And 
I guess I'd ask you is if you hadn't had that conversation, do you think you'd be where you are right now as soon as you were? I think that specific conversation, um, maybe, but it is definitely more of that is indicative of the support that I got for this. Yeah. And I think equally important is finding that support and finding yourself a no man, Mm. a no woman. Yeah. A no they, a no they, them, um, person, someone who will say, I support you. Here's what's wrong with what you're thinking because it will trigger people who are stubborn to take that leap, which is helpful, but also it will allow you to prepare and allow you to be a more well-rounded decision maker. So I don't know if that's like too far afield from your question, but like no, I mean, I think it's all important. of those things together were super important for me. Yeah. I mean, reality is, is like what's important is being thoughtful about who you surround yourself with, how you share your ideas and how you are receptive to people's feedback. I think, cause not everyone is going to say, yeah, go for it. Right. Other people will point out the places in your life that you need to have just like opportunity to prepare for or opportunity to think twice about. And they're just as important as the people that say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Cause collectively it's how you make a decision. So I really appreciate you having this conversation this with me. I'm curious if people are listening and they are entrepreneurs or if they are um, small businesses or they know somebody that is like in need of services, like the ones that you provide, mm-hmm. how can they connect with you? How can they reach out to you? How can people just follow along and support you? Yeah. Unfortunately, um, we couldn't get NKO.com. <laughs> So we have kyleoglevy.com, O-G-I-L-V-I-E. And um, we have like a sort of a nascent Instagram presence, underscore N-K-O. So any of those things, I am more than happy to talk about really anything. If you know what you need, if you just want to chat, I am super eager to build a post-pandemic network Mm -hmm. as well of like-minded people who want to share some ideas. All right. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Kyle. It's great to talk to you, Karen. All right. (laughs) All right. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, give us a follow on Instagram, driven by underscore blank. Share it with your friends. Pass along the good word. And for the love of God, continue to acknowledge your passions. Let love be your guide and always walk in purpose. Until next time, I'm Karen, and this has been a conversation about the intersection between passion and purpose.